Take a look up at the sky on our side Why? Might as well Might as well Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to Epiphany Podcast. Yo, yo. This is my brother, Cullen, and I am Flo, um, and we're here to talk about some real stuff. So, Yeah, we've been thinking about this for a long time, so we were just like, you know, you just got to start sometimes. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't have everything set up yet, you know, ready, but we'll get it figured out along the way. And yep. I keep looking at that. I remember I got to look at the camera. It's our, right. it's our, fir- it's our first podcast, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so... Uh, All right. And that's just what it is. But no, I am like genuinely glad that um, we didn't just sit there talking about it forever. Um, feels like forever, but hey, we took the first step. And uh, yeah, hopefully you guys stick around for the ride. Want to get into it? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So uh, the topic we're going to be discussing and maybe a few others, but to start, we're going to be talking about addiction and uh, just our experiences with it, the downfalls, uh, the downsides of it all, um, the effects it's had on our life um, and the lives of others who are near to us. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll get started. For me, uh, what, some of the big things, I wrote them out on my phone. I'll take a look real quick. Okay. Some of the big things for me... Um, I mean, anybody who's an addict can say just relationships is the biggest thing that take the hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about my family. I think about the past exes I've had. I think about, you know, just all those kind of relationships, friendships, all that kind of stuff. Like, the biggest thing I can't stress enough for me, it was just like, wow, I just keep, like, messing up relationships, you know? Yep. Like, things just keep happening, and I just keep thinking about myself and not other people, and it really takes a toll on just like, you know, your overall well-being besides the drugs, of course. But yeah. yeah, mentally, of course. No, I hear you. Um, I mean, even now it's a struggle um, because I feel a sense of guilt for yeah. it all. Uh-huh. Um, and I also feel a sense of guiltiness that I don't live up to the standard that I want to now that I am sober. Yeah. Uh-huh, I hear that for you sure. You feel me? And it makes me feel sometimes like, well, maybe you were better off as an addict, but you know that that's... I get those voices, yeah. bro. I was getting those voices today, yeah. bro. Yeah, that's <laughs> you just get what those, it is, It's like, bro. dang, maybe I should go back. Yeah. It's like, no, <laughs> What a bro. lie. What it's a such lie. a lie. Yeah. Um, just... I mean, I, I just feel like for four years there, I wasn't present in my brother's lives, and yet they love me, I mean, just eternally, they love me. Mm-hmm. Um, with my mom, I mean, I, I try to spend time, but I do not spend enough time, and I think it was just such a, uh, a disruption that, like, it almost it f- it feels normal now mm-hmm. because I, I built that up. So now it's just a struggle of, like, renewing that relationship. Yeah. Um, and it's hard, you know, but my, my parents would look at me and say, hey, you're completely different. I'm sure your parents would say the same yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. It's just to us, it's hard. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the truth about everything, especially mm-hmm. when you're changing, you know, you're, you are you. So you don't, people see that your changes outside way differently than <laughs> yeah. what you see, you know, you're what you all the time. Yeah. So it's like, you don't always see when things change. Like, cause for me, so like, you know, a little difference between me and him. I was in it like less than a year ago, you know, I'm. I'm pretty fresh on my on my least latest streak of sobriety. So it's just like, I think about where I was a year ago, even six months ago. It's just like, wow, I really am different. I yeah. really have made the, you know, I still slip up in places. I'm not perfect. I'll never claim to be perfect. But it's just like, if you look back and see who you are, it 
you'll you'll see it. Yeah. You will see it. Who you were. Who you were, exactly. You know? Yeah. And uh yeah, for those of you know like who do know me, you know my testimony and you know I was just in a coma a little over a year ago and that's one thing I got to do. Um I'm not going to say daily, but at least once a week I see it on my camera roll just a video of me with tubes in my throat mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I am farther along than that. Exactly. Um but sometimes it just doesn't feel like it, whether it's my attitude or mental health or feeling like I'm just as depressed as I would be even if I was using or I was when I was using. Um, but the truth is I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. that far bad, you know, or that far gone. Um, yeah. Just thinking about, <laughs> you're talking about pictures coming up. I just realized, so a year, so a year ago today I was in New York, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, um, you know, I went to a lot of parties out there, but I just realized, I remember there was this, this specific party that I remember, bro, yeah. because it was like one of the only parties I went to where there were like famous people there, yep. bro. Not famous people, like, t- <laughs> like some TikTokers. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, uh, you know, Wisdom K, uh-huh. the fashion dudes. Okay, so he's one of them. I'm trying to think who else people would know. I don't know. There were some random TikTokers there. You know, they'd walk in the door, everybody would Have cheer. Some it was weird. Yeah. yeah, bro, but I remember it was the... This literally this day a year ago. You, you know who Nikita Dragon is, bro? The, I know the name. Yep. I do. Yeah, yeah. Bro, she she walked into the party. I, I this is no lie, bro. Yeah. Like this isn't even a flex. This is just like the craziest thing. A year ago today, she she walked into the party. She was you know off her rock or whatever. Yeah. And you know me and my friends are just chilling on the couch, and she she comes over. I don't, I don't know if she came over to me or if I because it it was like it was like a studio apartment in New York. Yeah. You know, just super big. And I, w- I think I went over to the kitchen and she was in the kitchen. And then she hands me a shot glass, bro. Yeah. And she's like, bro, take the shot. And I, <laughs> I don't have the video anymore because I deleted my snap or else I would show you guys. Yeah. But bro, a year ago today, I took a shot with Nikita Dragon, bro. And, like, and now you're making weirdest a podcast. Stuff. And now I'm like sober, bro. Like I don't yeah. even, like today we had, a, we had an engagement party and I was making a joke with my sister just about drinking him. It was just like, it doesn't even like cross my mind like that anymore, you know? I mean, I'm not saying that I'm like completely, you know, I never think about drinking again, but it's just like, you know, back in the day, I remember I just would have been like finding all the ways, you know, to just like sneak stuff and all that kind of stuff, which brings me to my next point, actually. Yeah. It's just like the sneakiness of it, bro, and just how much like, you know, it starts off fun and you're Mm -hmm. conniving and doing all that kind of stuff, but like- It gets real quick. Yeah. It It catches up with you real quick. Yeah, yeah, I had uh, two ex-addicts as uh, my parents, and so, they, and they both worked for Teen Challenges, so, you know, they were used to searching rooms, they knew mm-hmm. every hottest spot possible, plus they were addicts, so they know all yep. the tricks too, they know when you're lying, and yeah, I used to think I was slick hiding, you know, boxes of Benadryl and DXM and, and whatnot mm-hmm. in, in my vents, and they would find it every time, or like, yep. hiding stuff in my MacFist, or just like, finding little, like, pockets in my clothes, and, all, and they just always found it, yep. little holes in drawers, or whatever it may be, it's just, yeah, yeah. Um, that sneakiness. Well, that's the thing about me, my parents, so, just a little backstory, my parents were like, not my parents, my dad, he was like a mastermind, bro, at yeah. catching, like, me and my siblings, like, my brothers will claim that they didn't ca- get caught as much. Like, I know, I know I easily got caught the most out of all my, ki- my uh, siblings and probably arguably did the most stuff. But it's just like, 
every like there was I don't there's very few things that I even got away with. Yeah. And I always think like, oh, I'm being so smart and all this no. stuff. And my dad would always just be one step ahead of me, bro. Yeah. I don't know where where that came from or like what, but he was just good on that kind of stuff. Yeah. Bro. And that might even be God's grace. For real. Who knows? I mean, yeah, I just remember my like my mom my, and my stepdad would just like they had these senses. Like if I would sneak someone in the house, bro, like yeah. they would just wake up. At like midnight or 1 a.m. or whatever and come downstairs and Brian's grabbing a snack and he just has a feeling to walk down to the basement and he catches my bro Eli in there. Like just little bro, things I like I never got caught with people <laughs> stuck in, bro. I got caught snuck out, but not in. <laughs> not a chance. Just little random things like that. It was just yeah. like, like, why did you wake up? Just, uh-huh. I don't know. And But then it got to a point where I didn't even hide it anymore. Yeah, or, me too. To where they, it got to a point where they were so used to me being high that, like, it was normal for me to be high. And so yeah. mm-hmm. they couldn't really tell whether I was high or sober. And that's kind of how yeah. it was near the end. It was different. My, my, my family always knew just because, you know, it's funny because I'm like, I'm doing a podcast right now. But I'm really yeah. not even the most talkative person, you know what yeah. I mean? But I'd always be high and I'd always just, like, be talking hella. Like, yeah, I'd just be, yourself, I'd be cool. saying everything. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so they, they, they would always know when I was high. Because I remember there was this time back in 2020 we were quarantining. And I, th- this was after a stretch of sobriety for me. Mm-hmm. And I started smoking again. And I brought all this stuff to my cabin where we were quarantining. And I just remember every dinner, I'll, you know, take my hits out of my car and yeah. go up to dinner. And I'd just be like talking, bro, saying everything. And then, and then like, I don't know, it was probably like a week later, they're like, we know. <laughs> like, there's something up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's one of those times where we're just like, oh, a little too much, you know. So that kind of made me think of something of like, was it a certain like, I don't know, did like the the drugs make you more comfortable in your skin? Yeah, 100%. Is that something you went searching um, for? I, I guess I wouldn't, I would say yes yeah. and no. It So obviously, you know, they're drugs. They masked a lot of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Back when, back before I started, I, I was struggling with depression and anxiety a lot back in like sophomore year and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And things got really dark. And once I started using, you know, it really just like, I don't want to say it went away, but... Discovered it. Yeah, it made it a lot easier and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And what I realized is, you know, you're just focusing on the next high and, you know, yeah. doing this and doing that. So it's just like, it, just, it really just gives your mind something to be busy about, yep. you know what I mean? So that was a big thing for me. And another thing I think was just like, um, I loved the way I... Because my, my drug of choice was weed. Yeah. So I love the way my mind thought when I was high, which I, I still struggle with that a lot right now yeah. because it's like, wow, you know, when I was like, this is completely, I mean, it is kind of related, but I took my ACT high. Yeah. Twi- I took it twice. The first time I was high, the second time I was sober. I got better score when I was high. <laughs> yeah, I, That's I, what I, I mean, bro. Like my mind, it literally felt like my mind was better when I was high, yeah. which wasn't the case. Like the long-term effects, obviously not. But there was just certain little things like that yeah. where I really felt like, wow, I'm like, you know, uh, what's the song? Um, Travis Scott, you know, stop, he said, stop trying to be God, bro. Yeah. That was me when I was high, yeah. bro. It's just like, stop trying to be God, bro. Well, it's You're a certain even... carefulness that comes with it too, maybe. Uh-huh. That you, you, I mean, it's like people say they drive drunk or, or better when they're high. Yeah. I don't know about being drunk. But I like, didn't. I crashed my car when I was <laughs> high, bro. Like, <laughs> it's just a certain, yeah. like, you know, trying to pay attention. And that's, that probably goes for like two out of 10 people. But like, yeah. I uh-huh. just, yeah, I, I can relate to certain things like that. And, uh, I pretty much did everything high. Yeah. Um, and that's the point that I got to, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, well, this is kind of dark, but um, what at least what it turned to for me was just a, a comfortable a, a comfortableness in my sin and a, a comfortableness in the thought of death. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't necessarily with weed and all sorts, although it does give you a kind of I don't give a crap attitude, mm-hmm. right? Um, but when I started doing the Percocets, I knew they were pressed. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it started was I was getting real oxys and Vicodin stuff from like my grandparents, yeah. you know, um, whatever drawer um, or cabinet. But then I couldn't get that anymore, and I was going and buying fake stuff. And I used to be the one that never used fake stuff. I'd be like, "Oh, you pop them fakes, I get the real." Well, I got mm-hmm. to a point where I was searching for it. I knew it wasn't real, but I didn't care. Yeah. And I'd say a prayer before I did it and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, I then it eventually caught up to me, but I just. I stopped caring mm-hmm. about my life. I didn't care whether I lived or died. Um, and that's something that the drugs, I don't know. I don't know if it necessarily masked it, but it just masked like my, my attitude towards life. I just mm-hmm. didn't see it as a precious thing. And I kind of just gave up on myself and I gave up on, and I wanted everyone else to give up on me. Yeah. Yeah. So. I got that too, for sure. Um, I think like, again, I go back to New York. That yeah. was kind of the biggest point for me of just like, I don't care. I, and I was the kind of guy who was like, you put it in, my front, put it in front of my face, I'll do it. You yeah. know what I mean? I tried everything I could out there because I, I, I don't know why. I just had this feeling of, you know, why not? Yeah. And yeah, I think that attitude especially leads down a really dark place just because, you know, I, I mean, I've done a lot of things, but a lot, luckily I didn't do anything like too crazy, like no yeah. heroin or meth or anything. But it's just like, even the stuff I did do, it was like, like, why, bro? Like, so a lot of, I remember, like, there's some things I didn't even like, and it yeah. would just be like, oh, yeah, I just do it. And yeah. it's just like, I think that also translates into other areas of your life, you know? So it was just like, you know, it's, it's, also, it's that feeling of apathy that you're talking about, but it's also just like, yeah, you know, whatever comes, go, you know, it just comes to me, I'll do it or whatever, you know, yeah. you just, it's just such a feeling of like, you ha- you lose control, I guess yep. that's what I would say, it's just like, the loss of control is so huge, and you, it's, you don't realize it, but it's like, it really is there, Yeah, 100%. It's a life of recklessness, really, Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, and just going back to the growth thing, it's like, man, like, what would we be doing if we were still in our addiction, would we be doing this right yeah. now, mm-hmm. or would we be trying to find a party that was lit and getting drunk and then waking up tomorrow hungover, Exactly. like, the productivity being sober is something to value, and mm-hmm. that's, that's one thing I noticed that, I mean, I would have said that I was a productive addict, you know, oh, I worked at Chipotle, sure, held a job, whatnot, but my life was in shambles, mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, but I think being sober kind of gives you that, uh, what is the word? Like a routine? Yeah. Maybe? Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, yeah. Um, just going off of that, I think just being, being a young addict, you get mm-hmm. that luxury of your life. I mean, you, mess, you can mess up your life, but you're, yeah. you really can't mess up your life that much farther than like, jail or death yeah and it's like you know especially before 18 you, you don't even get like i mean you can get felonies but the charges lot, don't yeah stick a lot of times that. a lot of times they don't stick so it's yeah. like i think for me and you you know you get that luxury of being an addict that was young so a lot of the you know i remember when we were in treatment there were like people losing their families yep. and there are people White losing their jobs like yeah. and it's just like I, I, that's another point i had on here is just me and you i think we're just very fortunate to experience it all at such a young age and now yep. be here in the place where we're getting out of it also at a young age yeah because you know? we still got time bro like 
we can like I'm 20 years old, bro. You're yeah. 21. We can do whatever, bro. <laughs> and real. it's just like, and I have that past where I can remember that kind of stuff. So now it's like you know maybe I'll go to the parties or whatever. Yeah. Even just like people invite me, and I and I know better now. And it's just like. I don't want to say other kids don't, but they don't have the experience that I had, you know? Yep. Like, they didn't go through, like, many, many treatments and all throughout their high school. So where, like, you know, they, they saw the other side of it. A lot of yeah. people don't get to see the other side of it. No. And that's, I think, a lot of times that's what gets them, you know, in that cycle. Yep. And, I, and uh, oh, where was I going to go with that? Um, I was going to say, does a part of that scare you that you're so young? Um, because I know sometimes I still feel like I'm missing out. Yeah. Um, like there's so much time that I have to be sober now. How am I going to do that? Like, just like, uh -huh. for not foreshadowing, but just looking so far into the future when, like, really I'm in the present and mm -hmm. can't, yeah. You know, every time I think I hear that, you know, because I've, I've been asked that question before. You, you remember George from the Redemption mm -hmm. House? Yeah, he'd come out on Fridays. And I remember the very first time he met me, he said, you know, we were talking, I was telling him my story a little bit, and I was 19 at the time. Yeah. He's like, oh, wow, you're young, you know? And then he said, like, you know, if you go, because I was planning on going to college, like going to school back then, and it was like, you know, if you go to college, are you ready to be that sober guy? Yeah. And when he said that, bro, like something in my mind was like, whoa. Yeah. That's going to be me. Like, I'm going to be, if I do go to parties, you know, I'm going to be the one, oh, no, I don't drink, you know, yeah. I don't do that kind of stuff. And it's like, it does scare me a little bit. You know, I get the, I get a little feeling of FOMO, but... The older I get, um, the longer I get into sobriety, I realize, you know, there's not, there's fun in it. Like, uh, like we were saying before, it mm -hmm. starts off fun, but really it's, it's really not. Like it's really take it or leave it on the backside. Maybe yeah. right now it's like, oh my gosh, everybody's doing it. I need to be in it. Yeah. But like when we're 30 with kids and everything, bro, like people are just going to look back on those years like, oh, yeah, it was a fun time in college. Like yeah. they, they don't remember it really. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if they I think, make it to those years. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like for me, it's just like, yeah, I do struggle with that a little bit. Just uh, the longer I get into it, it's just like it's whatever, bro. Yeah. Like, and I remember another thing you also said is no one ever regrets getting sober, bro. Like no. maybe they regret like. Staying in it, you know, yeah. regret all. I, I hear a lot of times like, oh, I wish I was young like you. I could have gotten so, you know, mm -hmm. no one ever regrets getting sober, bro. Like, find me an addict that says they yeah. regret it. Yeah. So it's, that's a big thing that plays in my mind as well when I get those thoughts. Yeah. No, and I get that. Um, yeah, let's move on to another point. Kind of just going back to relationships and friends. Yeah. How much did you realize that the people that you were using with weren't really your friends? Do you remember, do you ever remember having a moment of that, like? Hmm, yeah, 100. Um, and I don't know if it was necessarily the drugs or anything, but I think it was once I started coming to Christ. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's in First John, I'm totally botching it, but it says you are not loved, for, uh, you are hated because the world hated me first. Yeah. Uh, once I started coming to Christ, I would start, you know, preaching Christ and preaching like the revelations that I had and, and um, how I just started recognizing how real he was and how real Satan was. Also, yeah. um, once that started happening, the friend group just kind of ended mm -hmm. in shambles. They disappeared, started their own thing. And I was just kind of a lonely Christian for a long time. And I was still in my addiction off and on. Um, but God met me there. And that's when I realized that it just wasn't real. Yeah. Um, and I think one of my old friends uh, is now like nine months sober. One is been a, a fentanyl addict for the past year. Mm -hmm. um, but I, it seems like he's trying to get his life together. But um, 
besides that, it's, I mean, I don't know where they are. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And that's okay. God plucked me out, and it seems like he's doing that with a few others. But, um, yeah, I remember there was a sense of loneliness there, and um, I don't know. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. question, though. Yeah. For, I mean, for me, I, like, especially looking back at it, it's just like, wow, I really did have some, not, I don't want to say terrible friends, but it's just like, they really didn't care about me like friends should care about friends yeah. at the end of the day. Like, um, there's just a lot of instances I think about where it was like, wow, yeah, this really happened like crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would just say like, there's a specific experience for me is why I ask you the question. I mean, I was actually, I was on drugs at the time. I was on shrooms and I just remember it was just one of those realizations where like, I don't even remember how to completely put it to words. It was just like, these people, like, not that they're not good people or anything like yeah. that. Like, I don't want to talk down to anybody I used to hang out with, but it's just like, like I said, they really just don't care about me. Yeah. Like, I'm just disposable. Like, I'm here to do drugs. Yep. Like, that's the reason I'm here. And it was, I just remember this feeling of like, wow, like, why, like, why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep putting myself in this situation? Like, yeah. and I remember cause I felt, cause I was with this one girl and we were, you know, all doing our, doing shrooms together. And I just remember it felt like eyes were watching me and it felt like they were talking behind my back and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And I, I don't know if they were, maybe they were, who knows, but it was just like, wow. Like they really like, it just, it just really brought it to light to me. And, and literally since then, I mean, I don't want to say I've never seen them, but like, I just don't really hang out with them yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like I see a few of them who I really liked here and there. Um, but that experience was just very um, influential in my life. It was just seeing, and, and I wasn't even getting sober after that. That yeah. was just like, I was still in it, but I was realizing that these really aren't my friends. So yeah, that's just why I asked that question. I guess I had that written down. Yeah, like I mean, what are they calling you up because you have weed, mm-hmm. or are they calling exactly. you like I mean, what what are you guys doing when you're not smoking? What are you guys yep. doing when you're not drinking? What are you doing when you're not high? Yeah, um, is there anything to do? I just remember it was just always about like, yo, where can we get the weed? Where can uh-huh. we go? Da da da. Does he have this? Do we have like? Yeah, it, it was just sure. it just the fun was the drugs. Mm-hmm. There was no fun without it. We weren't going to a lake. We weren't doing it. No, we were just. Riding around and getting high all day. Yeah. That was fun. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how things change. Yeah, for sure. Um, and wow, where was I going with that? Yeah, I was just going to say, I, when I do meet up with them now, yeah, it's like, you know, because I still want to love on them. I still want to show them love. And it's just like, like you said, what is there to do? Yeah. Like, it's almost like you realize, wow, we didn't even have that many interests in common. No. <laughs> like, we just did drugs together. It was the high. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I got that a lot, just, like, seeing them after the fact. Like, wow, like, we really... <laughs> we, not that I really didn't like you guys, but we really just didn't, you know, have that much in common. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, do you want to move on to some of those uh, kind of random ones? Yeah, or sure. keep it on this, too. Um, maybe it kind of has to do with the red pill. Waking up? Yeah, bro. Ah, I remember. I was just, I've been watching a lot of those Red Pill podcasts, bro. Not because, here's the thing, bro. (laughs) Are we getting deep now? We want to get into it because I'll get into it. Yeah. It's just like all this stuff about, there's this, uh, what's his name? Mike on the Impulsive Podcast. Mm -hmm. You know him? Yep. There's this video of him talking about how people are so quick to 
they're so quick to red pill you, bro. They're so yeah. quick to like, you know, everybody, like everybody's so quick to run to liberalism. And, you know, I guess that would be the blue pill at this yeah. point. And then red pill you. And it's just like, just chill out, bro. Like let people, let people figure it out. I think there's just like, I think that's just the world we live in. There's mm-hmm. just such, such a divide. Yeah, such a divide and such a such a press to indoctrinate people, bro. Yep. Whatever it is, bro. Like, people just want you to think what they think, bro. Yep. And it, I guess that's just one of the big things I've been seeing about these Red Bull things. It's just like, bro, just like chill out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And every each individual has their own, you know, ideology, and everyone thinks they're the most woke. Yep. And everyone thinks they have exactly. the right answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and me as a Christian, I'm going to say that Jesus is the answer and the Bible has the answers. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you say that, then, I mean. And then you're trying to indoctrinate. That's what you I'm saying. What I mean? So what it's kind say. of a tricky line. But yeah. with the truth that we know, that, that is the truth for mm-hmm. us. You know, But not everyone is going to see it that way. Um, yeah, I mean, there's many routes you could go with the red pill. But like, what really woke you up to the spiritual reality? When did that happen? For me? Yeah. Um, so honestly, I mean, I would say just, just for me, I've always, not always, but for most of my life, I've been a Christian, 100%. I would always say that, um, I've known Jesus and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the point that it got real, um, honestly, I would say it was my ex-girlfriend, now ex-girlfriend, um, when she, she, cause she was, she wasn't Buddhist, but her, I think her family, her family was Buddhist, you know, yeah. and they just, that's what she learned everything. So she never knew anything about Christianity basically. Mm-hmm. And it was just my parents, um, speaking to her about the gospel and everything and yeah. it coming to life to her. I don't want to say that she was the reason that, you know, I came back to my faith, but it was just like seeing her understand it and seeing that change her life and, her just even the little things that I, you know, overlook, like just, you yeah. know, Jesus dying on the cross for you. Like, you know, to me, I've known that my whole life. But if you think about it, that is a really big thing. Like yeah. people, a lot of times, like, um, you know, it just becomes a small thing, but it's not that. So I think, yeah, just for me as of late, you know, in my, you know, newfound relationship with uh, Jesus, just like, seeing her and studying with her and enlightening her to the things that I've already known, yeah. but to a new person and how they're new to her, I think that's really what um, illuminated in my soul, especially. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of side part. Uh, another part was just back in the Redemption House, actually, when I first got there, um, I was just reading the Bible a lot and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And just, I just remember those first few weeks of just like, wow, like... I can really have this life. I can be different and all that. And sadly, it went away after that. I mean, not went away, but I kind of stopped pursuing it and got into some stuff. But it was just like, I remember that especially too, where it was just another time of, wow, this is really being um, illuminated. Yeah. What about you? Um, I mean, kind of like you. I mean, so my mom got saved when I was seven years old. I started Mm -hmm. going to a school called Hope Academy. And I would have said it was very real to me then. Uh, But then I got expelled in eighth grade for selling Adderall. Then I started going to public school. It was my first taste of that. And then I went to Armstrong. I just got turned on to the wrong crowd. And then from there, uh, I just ignored it all. I knew it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could have said I was a good kid turn bad and that's just kind of what happened and I spent the next four years just uh in and out of treatment uh 
getting kicked out of my mom's house, bouncing around houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had this, whatever you want to call it, vision, dream. I'm not really sure. I don't even remember whether I was sober or high, but it scared me. Uh, it scared me. And I just had this revelation that like hell was a real place. Yeah, That's what I saw and that's what I felt and I never wanted it. It didn't turn me off from everything, but that's just kind of what woke me up. And I started watching these YouTube channels. They were talking about this spiritual world. And I didn't really, you know, you hear about Satan, you hear about demons in the Bible, but it was not real to mm-hmm. me at that point. Yeah. Um, hearing them talk about it and the ways the devil creeps in uh, with thoughts or through friends or whatever it may be, I started seeing it in people. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the sleep paralysis began. And I was like, oh, so there's a real war being fought. Just little things like that. Um, and then I, I started talking about it and, and seeing it in the magazine, the, the magazines, the news, the movies, the symbolism and music videos, all of it. Mm-hmm. I just started seeing, hey, Satan is having a field day. I just, re- I just recognized it as real. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still was had one foot in, one foot out. Yep. And... Uh, yeah, I just started talking to my friends about it. They all left. I was lonely. And then I was just doing Percocet and listening to John Piper's sermons at the same time. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. And uh, that was my life. And then, you know, I just remember I'd be driving, crying, about to go buy Percocet. Because I just always had visions of death. And I was like, this might be the time. Mm-hmm. And I just left my mom's. I'd give my brother a hug and all that. And I'd snort it. And psh, nothing would happen. And I'd do it again and again. And then ended up in a coma, popped out, went to Redemption House. And I've been sober since, um, but that's only by God's grace. And you know, I just I have more of a revelation each and every day. You hear about the rumors of wars, see what they're doing with the sexuality, the indoctrination, everything. Yeah. And now I just see it, and I don't ignore it, but it does not. I would say it doesn't cause me great stress. I'm not super involved in all the politics, but I just see it for what it is. Yeah, for sure. And if you want to call that red pill, you can call it that. I just call it like. Um, an epiphany yeah <laughs> yeah um just going back uh sorry our camera's saying something uh-oh all right um yeah. sorry for the interruption yeah going back to what you were saying uh you talked about that experience you had just with realizing that hell was real um and i've told you this story mm-hmm. you know and just how much um that piece was a part of it i had a night as well like that um it wasn't a vision i was again on drugs but there was just this night I was really off of it and I just remember this feeling of separation from God and it was like and I was at a point in my life where I was I wouldn't even say I was close to God you know what I mean I wouldn't I mean he obviously wasn't not there but I just wasn't close within myself and it was just like this feeling of I still don't know how to put words to it I really wish I could but it was just like I was literally like it was l- like oh, I can't I can't even explain it real. I was literally away from God and I just remember thinking to myself like this is what hell is. And that was another thing. I was on so many drugs that I thought I was dead. I really did that. I think I was dead at that point. Yeah. So I was like, dang, like I'm in hell. And I just remember like how empty and scary and oh shit. And how alone that feeling was of just like you know, he's not here. Yeah. And yeah, so for me, I also had an experience, and sadly, that didn't turn me up um, yet, but that was just another piece of it, of me just, like, realizing, wow, there really is, you know, like you said, the spiritual warfare, and there's, yep. there's, a, there's another plane out there that people don't, you know, people, not other people realize. 
or they realize it, but they are attracted to it. Yeah. At least the dark side. Yeah. Where, I mean, uh-huh. you see witchcraft is booming now. I mean, everyone's practicing it, whether they know it or not. Exactly. Um, whether they want to put their faith in the stars, the galaxies, and they want to put their faith in a rock or a tree, whatever it may yeah. be. Uh-huh. Energy, vibes, whatever, you know? Um, they think they're woke. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and that goes back to the, I mean... Everyone has their own ideology and everyone thinks they're correct. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you got to figure it out. And it's just kind of what it is. Yeah. Or something's got to be revealed to you. Yeah. You know, I've come to really hate that word, woke. <laughs> I don't yeah, know what I mean. <laughs> like, I remember um, back in like freshman year or whatever it was for me. People, you know, people would say, like, you're sleeping on me, you know, like, stop sleeping on me. Like, yeah. I'm, about, I'm on the come up, you know what I mean? And now woke has turned into, like, this whole thing, bro. It's just like, like, what does it even mean, bro? Yeah. Like, I don't know, bro. There's just, uh, I just hate that, like, oh, you're woke or, oh, they don't know, you know, they're asleep. But yeah. it's just like, what even is that, bro? <laughs> really? Yeah. And is, is it a positive word or a negative? Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. Um, I guess it's just how you, how you interpret it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know my my parents always hate on the word just because, you know, some people associate it with just like liberalism and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And it's like, it's, I know it's not that for sure. Yeah. Um, not to, you know, talk bad on that, but it's just like, <laughs> all right, that's not it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All of it. But yeah, that's definitely a, it's, a, it's an interesting time you live in, you know? It is. Just with all this. The amount of information that all of us have, I think, is the biggest thing. That's just like no other, no other generation have had this before, bro. And Revelation talks about that. Um, it said, knowledge shall be increased. Yeah. That's exactly mm-hmm. where we're at, you know? Yeah. So. People just think they know everything, bro. And yeah. And that's the thing. I remember I had a Bible teacher back in my high school. He... he I mean, I can't really do it right here, but he talked about this diagram where basically it's a circle, right? Yeah. Like knowledge is a circle. And the diameter, what is it? The diameter is the things that you do know. Yeah. And the circle is the thing that you do know. So the bigger the diameter, the bigger the circle. Yeah. So the more things you know is the more things you don't know. And I exactly. think a lot of people don't realize that and don't look at it like that. Yep. So that's definitely a big part of it. Um, yeah. Hmm. Um... Can girls and boys be friends? <laughs> good or on the the high value men and women, that's kind of a red pill. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Should we get into that? Let's go, friends. Okay. Next topic. Um, can girls and guys be friends? It's interesting you bring this up, bro. <laughs> it's interesting we bring this up. You know, I, I, I know what I think. I know what I know. Um, I'm not going to say my answer yet. I'm going to talk it out a little bit. Build it up. You know, <laughs> King. But I just think about, uh, I wish I could, maybe, maybe I will put this in. But there was this video I watched and TED Talk, and it was this guy who studies just... Um, uh, what did he call it? Basically, the mating, um, not techniques, the mating, 
I actually think I just watched this. Did oh, you I think you, you think you said it to I me. Did. Yeah, you I said did it to say, me. I was about to say it, it was the Matt Chandler thing. Yep. 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 Yeah. So they were just <laughs> talking about how like basically basically what it was is men are so horny. Like this is non-Christian men that they mm-hmm. surveyed, but men are so horny. And I think it was like what seventy to eighty percent of them said yep. yes to a random girl asking them to have sex. Yep. And it's like if men are out here saying yes to a random girl to have sex with them. Yeah. You really think they can be friend, just friends with a girl and not even yeah. think about it? And I'm not saying no man can, obviously, but the vast majority of men, bro, can I know there's another video of, uh, what's his name? Um, it's going to come to me. Uh, the dude on uh, Family Feud. Steve Harvey. Oh, okay. Steve Harvey's yeah, yeah. talking about, I gar- he, he said, I guarantee you, you call up any one of your closest guy friends and you offer them to, offer to have sex with them. Yep. Bro, I, I, I'm, a, I'm behind it too. Nine out of ten times they will say yes. Yep. And I think that's, that's something that people don't like to talk about. Yeah. And it should definitely be a big part of the conversation. Yeah. And that's not even to say, sorry, I don't need to just keep talking and talking, but that's that not even fine. to say that like you can't be friends in that situation, you know, because then that just comes down to self-control. But I think... Like I said, that should be a big part of the conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? And whether a man can execute self-control, mm-hmm. I guess. And, and I mean, I don't know. Matt Chandler just got in trouble for it. Yeah. He didn't get in trouble. He told Confessed. on himself pretty much. Uh-huh. But it's like, biblically, I suppose, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we had this conversation. It's Jesus, tough. Jesus had a best friend. Uh, Mary Magdalene. Yeah, it's it's tough though. So it's like, but Jesus was perfect. Yeah, I know. That's what like, you got. That's what you got to remember. Tempted in every way we were. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I hate because I remember, I would always. I I told my exes too. It was just like, yeah, I honestly don't think I can be friends with women. But the more I get away from just, you know, the more I grow. Yeah. Um, you know, I talked to you about this. It's just like. I feel like I do need, I feel like at some point you do need that though. Like I feel like it's not, it's not bad. I would say it's different when in relationship and out of relationship, right? So if you're, if you're having a whole bunch of like the whole boy best friend thing, girl yeah. best friend thing, when you have a, when you have a significant other, my thing is they should be your best friend. Yeah. Right? You don't need a boy best friend, a girl best friend. For not saying you can't be friends, but it's just like. I don't know. I I had an ex like that way back in the day where she had these boy best friends, and I'm just like, why, bro? And they low key flirting. Exactly, on the bro. I was like, oh, they would never. But it's like, I guarantee you, right now, give them the option, and they bet they would. Yeah. <laughs> and she may not show interest, but he may be very interested, mm-hmm. and she may like to know that he is interested. Yeah, exactly. That's uh-huh. just kind of how love it goes. the attention. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I don't know. I'm. I guess regarding this question, I don't want to be the one to just say like, no, yeah, don't be friends. But it's like, I think you just need to, especially when in relationship, you need to think long and hard about it. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess that's, that would be my answer. For me, when I'm in relationship, I would say no. Yeah. Outside of relationship, I would say if I, I should be able to maintain a friendship with the other sex without you know, having all that, just being a Christian and having the struggles I've been through and all that kind of stuff. I think 
I should be able to. Yeah. But like I said, um, you know, not everybody's perfect. No. Yeah. What would you say? Um, I would say it's a very tricky line. My main instinct is to say no, but at the same time, then you could get into like, well, sexuality, does the, is the girl's like boy, uh, best friend, like, is he gay? Mm-hmm. Like totally just unattracted to woman? Well, in that case, they probably are friends. Um, and at the same time, uh, me and Haley, Haley, if you watch this, you know what it is. It's like, we started out as friends, you were dating Eli, and then outside of that, me and you became very close because you became very close to my mom, and there is no attraction there. And so that's why I say is like, I can't say completely no, but I guess it depends on circumstances. Um, Self-control, I'd really just say circumstances is bottom line. Um, Yeah, I was about to say no, but then I I always think about that. I'm like, well, it's literally, Mm -hmm. It's a tricky line. Uh huh. It's a tricky line. And I, and I, I would go out on a limb. Maybe not. <laughs> Is Maybe this not. limb sturdy, dude? <laughs> Maybe not. Is it about to break? Uh, what? I'll, I'll let that thought go. Okay. Away. <laughs> we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. No, it's hard. Um, though. Yeah, it it's hard, bro. Especially, yeah. Especially at this age, bro. Yeah, like, and then that, that might circumstances again. Uh huh. Because I feel like in high school it was a little different, but I feel like just being kids, maybe younger than high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like when you get into this young adult stage, especially yeah. in the culture that we're living, where literally everyone is having sex, it's just like it gets a little funky. Yep. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think that's you know for you to decide and you to um, contemplate. Um, like I said, I don't want to just say, no, don't be friends with women. Don't be friends with guys. You yeah. know what I mean? No. That's, that's not realistic at the end of the day. Um, but yeah. And I think, like I was going back, if you have a significant other, I think that's between you and your significant other as well. Yeah. Um, and who you guys can agree on yeah. being friends with and all that kind of stuff. So Yeah. Yeah. That's my answer. All right. Cool, cool. Where to next? You want to talk about your music a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Um, what do you want to know? All right, this is now an interview. <laughs> nah, um, yeah, just tell me, you just dropped an album. I did, Love and Drugs on all platforms. Go stream it. Um, Florence Mays. Yeah, what, what is music making like after the album? You know what I mean? Because, you know, we've talked a little bit just about, you, you go into it. Yeah, um, I would say... I'm really in an experimental phase mm-hmm. um, of just like finding my sound. There's certain songs where I'm like, yep, I really like that. There's some where I'm like, I don't, I don't know. It's tricky because like, I don't want to just fit into some certain box either. I was actually talking to my producer, Hero, about a shout out Lost Hero last night. He was like, what kind of beats should I make for you? And I was like, dude, if I like it, I like it and mm-hmm. I can ride on it. Yeah. Um, and that's just what it is. I don't want to be like these rappers where like their beat comes on and it's just that specific yeah, beat. You know. You look up a little baby type beat, sounds like a little baby type beat, gunna type beat. And that's cool. They got their little mm-hmm. thing. But I mean, when that kind of rap or that kind of sound dies, where are they? Well, mm-hmm. that's why I want to play around with alternative beats. That's why I want to play with these, uh, whatever, R&B beats or, or um, old school hip hop beats because like, I want to be able to change with the times. I think that's what um, timeless music is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
maybe not so, I don't, I don't know. Um, but what is recording like right now, I'm just really focusing on like, okay, what can I deliver for the next project or these singles for the bi-weeklies or yeah. um, now it's really, okay, I need music videos. I need to get my face out there. People need to know. Or what about vlogs or what about podcasts like we're doing right now? Yeah. Um, what is Florence really like outside of his music? Yeah, I hear his lyrics and whatnot, but what is he really like? Is he funny? Mm-hmm. Is he shy? Is he whatnot? Um, who does he hang out with? What are his friends like? They want That's what they want to know. They want to know who you are. Yeah. Once you develop that personal relationship, you got a fan base. Mm-hmm. They like you for you. So, or hopefully. Yeah. Not, whatever. Um, going back to something you said, you just talked about how you don't want to be stuck in a box. Yeah. And I think I see that a lot, especially especially in the rap community. Yep. Um, just about people saying, one, um, this artist always sounds the same. You know, I, yeah. I've, I've heard Lil Baby catching a lot of flack about that lately. Just all his songs sound the same. Yeah. Or um, my cousin even today said, oh, all Yeet songs kind of sound the same. Yeah. Or no like Gunna, push, uh, not Pushing P, um, what's the album? Whatever, this last album that he dropped. Yeah. Bro, that album, I was listening through it. It was like, bro, this, it all sound, it does, it's not all the same, but it all sounds, Nav, bro. Yeah. Bro, every time I listen to his new albums, it's like, bro, this is one song. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and for it's real. just like, I think that's such a big thing right now is just like, you know, you get into this mode of like, I feel like it's, it's almost this um, progression of, you know, you start rapping, you start to find your sound. And you just stick with the sound. And then you stick with the sound. And I get that. And then... A lot of times, some rappers will try to switch it up. And people don't. Uh, yeah, people don't like it. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's almost like a lose-lose situation it that is. I've been seeing, bro. Like, right. it's like, what do you do? But then I think about artists like Tyler, the creator. Yep. Or um, Kanye. Yep. Like, they almost switch it up every album. You know what I mean? Like, not not to say that their music's completely different every album. But yeah. it's, it's pretty, di- like, especially Tyler, the creator. It's pretty different every album. Yeah. And it's just like... How do they do that? You know what I it's mean? It's their fan base. Yeah. I, I guess I hear that, but I, I think it's more their mind. You know, I, th- I think that's something in especially rap that is so overlooked Yeah, is the creative mind. Yep. I think, I think that goes back to being in a box of, you know, you think about those guys I just brought up, like Tyler, the creator, Pharrell, or yeah. um, Childish Gambino, you mm-hmm. know? They're not just rappers. They, no. All of them will always say that. You know, you'll hear like some of the other big artists say, well, I'm not just a rapper. Yeah. But, <laughs> bro, like, what else are you? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's the thing. I think it's the creative mind yeah. of these um, specific rappers that I'm talking about, you know, that are just more than that. Because then I think about like, um, I guess it's kind of different, but I think about like um, like movie makers and stuff like that. You know yeah. what I mean? There, obviously, there's some that are like you know you see a Michael Bay movie, you know what it's gonna be. Yep. But then you think about like Quentin Tarantino, and like that is a creative mind. You know yeah. what I mean? And sure, maybe he just makes movies, but I think obviously music, music and movies are a little different. But it's just like no, I get how he switches it up and how his. He he almost like he sells his um, uh, childish Gambino does this too. He sells his character so well. Yep. You know what I mean. So it's like everything is almost. It's not about the movie. Is guess what I'm trying to say. He he's more than that, bro. Yeah. He he knows what he's doing, and it's just not about the movie. Yeah. Whereas like a lot of artists, all they are is a rapper. It's all about the rap. Yeah. So I guess I think I don't know if that's 
to help you or whatever. Just, I think that's a big thing. Maybe just keep in mind yep. and just, it's good doing things like this, you know, to just expand your mind, yep. you know, get creative outlets out. You know what I mean? So, 100%. Yeah. It's a business, and that's what I'm learning. Yeah. I've got the making the music down, mm-hmm. but okay, outside of that, what kind of ventures can I be on? And I like what you, you pointed out, and I think the people you named, what makes them different is they're not, they're, they're different. They're not everyone else. They're not trying to be this person. Mm-hmm. They're not a cookie. A lot of things are just cookie cutouts. Yeah. It's the same thing. Okay, we got a Cardi clone. Okay, we got a Sofago clone. Okay, now we got Yeet clones, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like people are copying styles. But the people who last are the people who change or create the styles. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's what, I mean, the Frank Oceans or whatnot. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Um, and I also think their personality, um, they actually are vulnerable. They're not afraid to speak on certain things, mm-hmm. um, whether they speak at all. Um, they're just genuinely liked. And because they're liked by their fans, the fans will ride with them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm not saying live to be liked. It's just because they are themselves, they are liked. Yeah. Um... Who was it? You know, Uzi in this interview, that's just, he talks about like, just be so much of yourself, so unapologetically yourself that like, you know, people can't even hate on that. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I mean, you can have your opinions about Uzi, but I think that's something that he emulates really well. Is just being himself. Cardi especially does that really well of just like, Screw everybody else, bro. I'm me. You yeah. know what I mean? And sure, he creates his his persona and everything. But like still, even through that, he's just so committed to it. And he's yeah. so himself. That, that's, I think that's a big uh, mm-hmm. good thing that you really brought up. And um, to that, I'm kind of br- going to bring it back to the addiction of like, I think that's one thing that I can sometimes struggle with is being comfortable in myself sober Mm -hmm. Um, because I think a lot of what I used for was to not be myself or maybe to try and find myself like everybody says yeah Um, and I ended up more lost than anything else and so Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I will say about my music is I do want to venture um, and have more topics than the addiction although I find it hard because that is what a lot of my life and trauma came from yeah Um, and you guys who listen to my music, you hear that, um, but I offer hope. It's not all just dark, you know, sadness, depression, whatever. Although I may speak on those topics, it's like, okay, here's um, what Jesus can do and what he has done. Um, and I know that's going to be a common topic throughout all of my music, probably for eternity, because that is my testimony. Um, but I know I'll go through more experiences that will lead to different kinds of music. Yeah, right? for sure. Different mm-hmm. stories to be told. And who knows, maybe I end up telling your story through a song or I, whatever, if we start interviewing people, maybe I can throw a piece of their story into it. And so I just want to be a storyteller. And I think mm-hmm. um, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, going back to Kanye, we were talking about just mm-hmm. his mind. He talks about that and just how um, I think about um, my beautiful Tartusha fantasy and yeah. Jesus, how much she's telling a story in those albums. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he talks about just like, uh, what did he say? He was like, if I if I was basically, he was like, if I was in Shakespeare's time, essentially, like yeah. he would be a playwright. Yep. And I think that's I think that's such a good mindset to have. Like literally, just do your art, but just like you said, just try to tell stories through it. Yeah. And I think that's something that fans resonate a lot with. One hundred. And just and I, and I remember that after the state fair, we were just listening to those songs about stories. You yep. know, 
those songs are always just hit, bro, because it's like, it's telling us, like, that was something huge about King Von that he was yeah. really good at. Just, just telling, yeah. telling stories through the mic, bro. And yeah. Yeah, so I really like that. I think you should continue to work gotcha. that for sure. <laughs> Got you. Yeah, and there's a lot of maturing to be happening. Um, yeah, I'm excited for y'all to see the come up in all areas. I, I really hope this podcast goes well. I will be praying for that. If you guys would be praying for it, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I would love to do more of this type of stuff. I just I think this is a, it's a good start. Great start. Yeah. Yeah. Should we end it there? Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Again, I am Flo, a.k.a. Florence Mays. This is my brother Cullen. Yo. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we will be back with some more topics. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you guys have a blessed night. All right? Like, subscribe, share. That too. Things. Smash that like button. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye bye.